grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the show, quick rundown of the show. Uh, one of my favorite things when I used to drink and party was to hang out with friends, talk shit, talk shop, tell stories. I am sober now, but one of my favorite things to do is still be a good drinking buddy or ex-drinking buddy in this case. I will normally be joined by a guest. Today is no exception. I am joined by very funny comedian, all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Jake Head. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good, good, man. Thanks it's for having have, me. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have you on. Plug everything up front. I know you had an album that just came out. Let everybody know where they can find everything. Uh, I got an album. It's called Mild Cat. Um, we recorded it <laughs> in Atlanta at Wonder Comedy, which is a fantastic show. Whenever we're allowed to go outside again. Um, Check that out if you're ever in Atlanta. Uh, you can get it wherever. Um, just from a, my own wallet standpoint, maybe check out Bandcamp. The revenue shares a little better. I don't know if you've uh, ever looked into that, but like if you play it on Spotify, which is obviously, you know, I use Spotify when yeah. I'm like, oh, I should listen to my friend's album. You get point zero. Wait, is it point zero zero six cents? per track so you're like oh i want to support my friend i want to listen to their album you're if you listen to the entire album you might give them one cent oh wow whereas like if you buy the album on a platform like Bandcamp, they're much it's much better or if you just stream it on Bandcamp, it's much better much much better okay yeah because i actually as soon as it came out i got it on itunes so was that yeah itunes fine it's not it's Bandcamp. Bandcamp's like whole thing is they're like it's designed to be ethical to artists like yeah. itunes is fine and it's like itunes i'm sure beyonce is getting giant checks from itunes but, but like i'm not getting money. a yeah. giant yeah i'm doing but i also didn't sell very many albums so it's like it's not like I'm not, i don't want to constantly be like where's the money because like there's no money <laughs> there is it's no. not yeah spotify is not short changing me there's no money we it's do like, this for I the love be, of the game yeah i should be getting five dollars and i'm getting like five cents and so it's like whose problem is that really that's really my problem i should sell more albums <laughs> oh, but anyway like that's what Bandcamp's whole appeal is and they're doing uh a lot of initiatives but like spotify is like starting to spotify in 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 uh response to this you know it's starting to get out that they don't pay very much and now they've added like uh you can donate you can donate to charity from an artist so if you're on beyonce beyonce might be like Hey, donate to Blue Cross or whatever, and you can just donate right on the thing. But you can also donate directly to the artist. So like smaller a artists, sort of a thing. yeah. But it's supposed they did it under the guise of like charity. Yeah. But it's like this is the only way you're ever going to get paid from Spotify is if somebody you know gives you money directly. A charitable so you have, donation. Yeah, it's like a charitable donation to the artist you're listening to because they're poor. Yeah, that's basically what they've rolled out. But okay. Where else are yeah, you on uh, social media? Uh, Twitter and, and um, Instagram. Is it all Jake uh, Head? 
Jake Head. I think I'm Jake Marshall Head on Instagram. I can't remember. But if you just type in Jake Head, it'll be me. It'll be me and a, uh, the the handsome other Jake. Head. I was gonna he's say from, you and the, the comedic actor from Boston. Yeah, he's from Boston. He seems. Uh, he kind of looks like he kind of looks like he would play my older brother. <laughs> he oh, like really? he looks like yeah. He's just like a bigger. He's got reddish hair and he's uh he looks like a kind of like a quarterback. Yeah, um, but he's I, yeah he's that, from Boston. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, he he looks like yeah he he's got a big build like he he's definitely I think he had played a quarterback in a movie I I I, I loosely follow his career as I assume he follows mine we follow yeah. each other on social media and stuff Do you really that's awesome yeah we never really like talk but like every once in a while I'll be like oh look he's doing something and every once in a while he'll like oh my thing but he seems like a good dude but he lives in LA but he's like from from Boston oh, or outside God. Boston what else what else is new with those LA people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're always up to something. So you um, um been do- how long have you been doing comedy? Um <laughs> dude, I fucking like every year I try and like figure out when when I started and it's like it was like sometime in either late 2009 sometime in 2010, so like okay. 10 years. It's yeah. definitely over 10 years at this point, but um every time I'm like Oh wow! I have twelve years. It's like some someone like like Buck, Chris Buck, yeah. or something's like, no, you've been, you're not, you haven't been doing it that long. It just feels like forever. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, I think it's about that. ten years. We so started you, in, in Jacks. That's what I was just about to ask you. You started. That's mm-hmm. our connection. Is you are originally from Jacksonville. Um, mm-hmm. so we've done a couple shows together. You were in town for the homecoming show. Um, we did. That oh before. yeah, was that last? Yeah, that was, was cool. At um, two years Eraser. Ago? Yeah. Eraser records that was two years ago oh my god yeah it had to have been two years ago. no i think you're right it was Ooh. december of eight december of 19 it must it was december that's why it feels that's yeah. why it feels like that yeah, we yeah. Had, um, Matt Anderson, the owner of eraser records he's he's been on the podcast before he oh he was us. so cool such yeah. a nice guy yeah we're trying to get comedy going back again there but obviously that'd be sick going on yeah yeah that place isn't huge no, but it's that's... but they have a whole outside apparently that no one knew about or thought about until the oh, pandemic hit, and he was like, "Oh, we've got this whole back area." Wow, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah, he showed me like the area they used like jam and stuff, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's but... a sick setup. It's a really cool place. But um, when you started, I w- this was interesting to me because you started in Jacksonville. Um, I started in South Florida, as the listeners know. But did you? Did you start doing comedy um, because you, you loved comedy or you just because like we had Topher Matheson on. I don't know if you've ever met him. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. he talked about like he kind of started because Joey Nickel was always at his comic book shop and kind of like pushed him to do it. And oh, there, cool. Yeah. But then there are people like uh, Crespo, myself, uh, Buck to an extent where it's just like, no, like this is what I want to do. So we like yeah. sought it out. How did you get started? And especially because um, Jax doesn't have a huge scene; it's a bigger scene. Yeah, it was, huge. and it was way smaller when we started. Man, I yeah. tell you, um, I I always loved comedy. I I was a big Comedy Central guy. I yeah. loved love Comedy Central presents. That yep. was like my really small group of friends. That was like our thing. Like every Friday, a new presents would drop, and we'd be like, "Oh, what'd you think of that?" VHSs. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah those. Uh, I mean, I love those. I loved the production value. I loved how like they the stages they used to build. Like, oh, you would have like a pinball machine. You could yeah. you know build a set behind you. Yep. And then then they you know they went away from that. It was still cool. They just felt like such a cool because you like I didn't follow comedy and I don't think you could when we it was harder when we were younger 
to like follow comedy that was under Comedy Central because you're too young to go to clubs. YouTube wasn't so much of a thing. So like there was the only way and podcasts weren't a thing. So the only way that you would be presented with a new comedian was Comedy Central. So you'd be like, it would be like, here's Greg Giraldo. And you'd be like, I don't know who this is. And they, they, you know, they're amazing. So they blow your mind. Oh my God. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg. I mean, like, uh, we remember Dimitri Martin was really big with my friend group. You know, Hedberg was huge. And we liked, and we liked, uh, you know, we liked the comedy, you know, it wasn't like we fell in through like we like movies we like the stand-up aspect of it and i loved bits i was yeah, a big fan was of bits my favorite thing too i get a lot of shit because but it's like you're saying like that's how we were exposed to it so every mm-hmm. friday i would set my vcr to record yeah. and i would watch it every friday and i get a lot of shit from people now it being you know almost 20 years later from watching those things mm-hmm. but a lot of people give me shit because the one of the first ones that stuck out in my mind was that dane cook one did, I was gonna say that, yeah. When Dane Cook was had when those he presents, pulls his shirt off and pours the water, on him and he's doing the alien thing. Yeah, dude, unbelievable. I, it's funny because in Harmful of Swallowed, he talks about being a firefighter. And he's like, I want to do that, and it's funny because that's exa- when I saw that. My this was twenty years ago, but I saw that, and my first thought was, I want to do that. Yeah, like what he's doing, like being yeah. a rock star on stage, like but yeah. doing comedy. My and, favorite. My favorite comedian from that era at that time was Nick Swardson. Yeah. And he's like the same thing. It's like, has Nick Swardson aged well? Like, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but when you're in high school, it's the funniest shit. You know, yeah. it's the same with Dane Cook. It's like, have the, are the bits like, you know, high minded and like, oh, that's a good bit. It's like, yeah. maybe no. not, but they're hilarious. And it's like, they're just in your face and just so like pop, you know, just, yeah. it's just like sugar candy. Yeah, and exactly. it's like you're just having a good time, and it doesn't. And then obviously, we you know I liked Chappelle, I liked people who were doing bigger things, but like that was the stuff that like really got me into it. And, yeah. and it was just like just the Nick Swartzen talking about living, how hanging out with his grandma because because he everything he does feel like she's like blown away by how strong he is yeah. and stuff. And he's like lifting up a gallon of milk. Oh my and it's god, like, you're yeah. so strong. Yeah, like all that those little things. It's like oh that was it for me. That was the introduction. And then and then obviously I, you know, fell in love with it and found other people like Maria Bamford or the other yeah. people who are like now I'm like, you know, who do I I like I I still love Hedberg. I still love Bamford, you know, all these people. And then like, but I don't I don't I still like Dane Cook and I still like Nick Swartzen. Because it's like what they meant to me then. I'm like, yeah, I just have exactly. like a big it's appreciation. Of I I just love stand up. Like, I'm not one of these people who like anyone special. I'm gonna watch on Netflix. I don't really usually. I don't do that anymore. But if I was to like casually come upon it, like I'll enjoy almost anyone special. If it's garbage, it's garbage. I'm not yeah. like. But like, I can get into someone who's like, I'm. You know, this may not be my cup of tea, but like I can watch them work and I enjoy it. So like I just love stand up comedy. And it's like that the aspect of it, that's what I enjoy. Yeah, and I'm the same way. We were actually talking about this before we started recording, but like when we do shows, a lot of times I'll sit in the audience and people yeah. are like, Why don't you like go to the bar, or, like sit in the green room? And it's like, mm-hmm. No, I, I like comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to see what these people have to say. Definitely. It's yeah, weird. I feel the same way. It's weird because it's almost it's this kind of almost maturing. I don't know if that's the right word, 
But like to be introduced to stand up, like you said, through Dane and through like Nick and through some of those Comedy Central presents, which were silly. But that's why yeah. I, I mean, I enjoyed them when I was younger because they were silly. But then as I've grown um, and matured and like had experiences and stuff now, I value it's funny because I get into this not argument, but discussion, especially with Crespo a lot. Um, mm-hmm. The the value of darker material or material because my entire set now is based off of stories about being an alcoholic and rehab mm-hmm. and jail and and so it's weird because the thing that introduced me to stand up is very like you said almost like sugar candy like it's very mm-hmm. poppy and yeah. none of my stand up is anything like that at all yeah yeah I I I I heard this uh, I actually I think I read it in David Burns book how music works. He is like basically going on this super autistic thing about how sound and, and, and a band sound develops from where they play, you know? So all these bands that were playing at CBGB back in the day, it was a really bad, small L shaped space. So you had to play loud, you know, you had to play loud. And so all these bands were playing loud and just, they needed to sound interesting enough to get New York crowd, but they also needed to play loud. And I feel like comedy is like that too. I feel like, in certain clubs have a way of defining the type of comedy that works there. Like I love, I'm a huge fan of Cincinnati comedy and they have a great club called go bananas and every comedian, every comedian that comes through go bananas and comes up in go bananas has like the most interesting premises that are so punchy and like productive, but are so unique and like would not, have come from a bar show yeah. they're like longer setups they're interesting you maybe will hang because that club is so patient and you can really set up odd things that's as awesome. long as it's as long as it's good and it's yeah. like that like that's like that i think chicago has like a unique style of comedy that's like very fun and very like it's like it's a because chicago is such a drinky town yeah. so like the comedy that comes out of there is so like revelrous it's so like i don't know if that's revel you know they, they they are having fun but it's also good because it's also like a, a, a white like almost a majority black city so you're gonna have like the the like instant gratification of like a black audience met with that yeah. revelry so it's just such good comedy comes out of there and i feel like that's the case with most scenes and i feel like jacksonville has a way of you're doing shows at the beach you're doing shows in jacks you're doing shows in front of people who listen to you know uh butt rock you know music and you have a way of like shaping your act to like kind of fit that and kind of figure out how to work with that and i feel like a lot of comedians that come out of jacks you know are like that it's like almost this you have to be like a professor to drunk people and, and you have to kind of figure out how to do smart shit dumb but like in a dumb that's way exa- oh my god it's so weird you say that that's exactly how i feel I'm yeah like, this is it's like, some, yeah some of the material i'm like no i know this is good but no one's paying attention mm-hmm. and that so was something i felt work Jackson, it out. that's why i that's why i felt like i was like i appreciate this and it really helped me figure out how to do well you know, or how to yeah. do well enough to feel like good about myself <laughs> and and then and then when i went to atlanta it was like a kind of a different thing because it was people that were maybe a little bit more attentive and maybe a little bit more cultured. So you could do things that maybe you couldn't do in Jack's. And that was for me at that time, really freeing 
You know, yeah. I felt like, oh, I can really, I can really expand here and figure out what I do. And then in Atlanta, there's the the big show uh, that just ended with Star Bar, and Star Bar is a weekly show, unbelievable show, and it was at a punk, a rockabilly punk bar, and it had been going for ten years, and it's just a Monday night, always packed, always smoke filled drinking but like yeah. really good comedy flew there it was weird it wasn't it, it is somewhere where you felt like it had this reputation of being a hard room and it was just like it wasn't hard it was just like different you know like if you yeah. were doing cool stuff they were into it and they were really into it and Your you kind of had to win them over higher yeah 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 and it's like if you did worse it was obvious there i think that's what people <laughs> said when they say it's a hard room it's like if you're gonna bomb it's gonna be obvious here that's, and that's, if you're gonna do well it's you're it's gonna be obvious here and yeah. that's what i loved about it and i i had the, the privilege of getting up there every week and that kind of shifted the way i did stand up where it was like it was like yeah you, everything you do has to be good and you better bring it and you have to have to have this level of presentation for it that you know it's yours because if you were just doing whatever stuff there you would kind of do okay but like if you had something that was yours and you presented it well they would like really reward you for it yeah and then that was what i feel like that's where i figured out how to do comedy the way i wanted to do comedy was oh, that's in atlanta awesome. at starbar so you went to jackson you went from jacksonville to atlanta yeah i did i was in jacksonville for the better part of three years, maybe like two and a half years for doing stand up. And then yeah. I met um, Jared Harris, who was a, at the time, he was like a traveling uh, road comic and that he had just moved to LA. So his place was like open. Uh, actually, it was his grandma's house. His grandma just passed away and he had been living, and we had lived in a 55 and over retirement home. And uh, so I was living there kind of under the radar but like yeah. you know paying him whatever to live there and then yeah being able to get up from from jacksonville to atlanta was big did you, know, you do I did, that because of stand-up you were just like i want to yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. because i had been there once um i had been there once just on a trip because i had heard that the laughing skull was you know this great club yeah and i wanted oh, yeah. to i was like well i'll just do a weekend trip to sign see what atlanta's like and i was blown away i was like this is amazing like it felt like the way that the way that they're you know their senior class of comics like it was like andy sanford was was there and he hadn't moved to l to new york yet so he was still living in atlanta or maybe he had just moved to new york but just to see the way that guy was like treated and then to also see that he was like approachable was huge to me and i was like i really want to figure whatever he has figured out. I want to figure that out for myself and I want to get up here. And then when I was presented with the opportunity, it was like, Oh, well, this is a no brainer. And I yeah. just went and, uh, it was, it was great. And then I was in Atlanta for another about three years and then moved to New York and I've been there for about five years. And then we just recently moved to Philly and I'm, I'm really excited once the pandemic's over because Philly is, I mean, Philly is helium, which is an amazing club. Yeah, and yeah. I can't, I can't wait to you know get in get working there hopefully. How did it go um from Atlanta to New York cuz we talked about this off mic but the listeners have heard the story a million times but I was just about we yeah. Savannah and I were just about to move to New York. How how what was that transition like going from 
you were telling us about the Jacksonville to Atlanta thing, but the Atlanta thing yeah. to New York because it's different. Quick, yeah, like my whole thing is like, okay, I've been doing comedy on and off really for since 2009 when I did my mm-hmm. first couple open mics, and then with mm-hmm. my drinking and drug abuse, like I kind of took dips in actually performing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times I've told this story before, and you'll get a kick out of this because you and Buck are close. But there are times where I'd get hammered in like 2015, like in the worst part of my alcoholism, I'd get hammered. And I would text Buck at like two in the morning, like, hey, man, I really got to get back into stand up. Like, what's going on? He's like, we're at Rain Dogs every Monday. We've been at Rain Dogs yeah, every Monday. Yeah, like, that's, that's him, dude. And I would like, he has, try, that was he has no patience for it because he's like the amount of the amount of work he puts in to be so kind to people he doesn't know. But then once they're like in front of his face, he's like, so standoffish. Yeah. Cause he's like, I don't want to do it. I've done everything for you. It's all here for you. Yeah. That's I've exactly built how this it up was. for yeah. you. Go just, it's just right here. Show up. Leave, leave me alone. Do the thing. That's yeah. like his whole thing. And I, and I appreciate it. And it was, like I said, when we started, it was not that the average age in, in Jacksonville comedy. I mean, I, I had, I'm not even like, like, no, I don't even want to make a joke about this, but it like probably was 45. Like yeah. it was like every comedian was like a casual, I have a job and I do. And I, the interesting thing about me, I do stand up comedy. And they would like, they basically <laughs> were just doing it to cheat on their wives is like what it felt like. It was like all these bar shows with these old men, and then like, and then, and then children show up, you know, I was like 21 yeah. when I started coming up and I'm friends with all these like older men and <laughs> the first time in my life. And I'm just like, what's up fellas. And they like, you know, initially were like, so like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I was kind of like, as far as I did it, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of understand their relationship to what they want this to be and what I want it to be. And you know, I tried versus to versus people who really want to do it. Yeah, but more like it was more just like young to older, you know, it's like I get that now, now that I have a kid, you know, my relationship to comedy, it's like, I don't want to, I don't really want to navigate a scene. I just want to go do a show. And it's like, I don't really want to have to be friends with the people I want to do. I just want to like, I just want to be able to stand up. And it's like, hey, oh, you, sure, I'll show up. But like when you were younger, I was like, I wanted everything to be like the way like a scene would be. It was like, we need to set this up and we could have like, writers workshops and we can do this and we'll hang out at this open mic and it was like there was no hanging out it was like most people didn't like each other the people who did like each other was like probably because they like did the same drugs or like both (laughs) knew they were cheating on the you know what it was like it wasn't very much like oh that's the jacksonville comedy scene it was just like people who do comedy in jacksonville okay and i started i started a terrible show i say terrible it was great but like i uh i started this I, the Jacksonville comedy collective, which is like morphed into like, you know what it is now, yeah. which is just like a couple shows that under that umbrella, but I had started that. It was, um, it was a, a show I had done. Cause I came from a really weird background. I was, I always loved the stand up, Like we talked about and, and, but I was friends with music musicians. Everyone mm-hmm. I, I, I had lived with my roommate was a musician. My other roommate, you know, they were, they were dating and she was the manager. So I would always go to bands and I hadn't seen stand up in Jacksonville. I was like aware of the comedy zone, but I felt like that was something professionals did. I didn't think that an open mic 
was it i don't know i didn't i didn't really understand how comedy worked i thought yeah. comedy well you would was, be correct just to interrupt real quick you would be correct on that assum- assumption still to this day that comedies are yeah they don't have separate enough like, they don't have the jackson yeah which is it's still like that because i've been in scenes in south florida oklahoma city mm-hmm. i've gone up to new york all the major like a lot of the major clubs know that their influx of talent comes from the local scene yeah in jacksonville that they, they, well, they're not having it the way the owner runs, you know, the comedy zone is very much a business. And yeah. I think there's something to be said. I mean, I could talk about that. That could have its own chapter. I mean, cause like I'm, I'm banned from the comedy zone and Are I've had really? my history. Yeah. I've had my own history with the owner of the comedy zone, but like now that I'm older and now that I'm like watching so many historic clubs close, like, the Atlanta punchline, like all these clubs that are like, that's a, that's a landmark club. That's one of the best oldest clubs since boom. And then you see like them close and fall by the wayside, even before COVID, this isn't like COVID related, like the, the, the Jacksonville comedy zone is like fine. And it's yeah. not because so, he like what he's doing business. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like what he's doing work. So it's like his methods have their, you know, like Creative for drawbacks. Yeah. But, but like at the end of the day, He's employing people. He's, you know, paying comedians. You know, he's does the things the way he does. But yeah, like I'm banned from the comedy zone because I was, when I started there, well, before, like just to get back to how I started, I, I had not done stand up and then I had done a couple house shows, um, you know, just like for people drinking and they were like, you do some stand up comedy. And I had like, I don't think we had a mic or anything. And I was like, the shitty jokes I had. Grab the remote at the, control at the hey, time. Yeah. Hey. Stuff like that. I remember I used to, um, back when, when, when everybody would play like rock band or, um, yeah, oh yeah. guitar hero, when they had the mic, if you pause the game, the mic would still work. Yeah, so yeah. I would, that was I had the mic plugged trick. in. I remember that. Yeah. I had the mic. So I would be like, well, we don't have a PA, but here I do this. And I'd so I have a shitty, and it sounded like reverby because it was supposed to sound like an empty, empty club in the video game. And so I would do it that way. And I would just do, but I never like thought, I would be able to do like a real show. I didn't think that that was, I thought that the way standup worked mostly was that they were like actors or entertainers, like professionally. Okay. And then they would like do standup, which like, isn't that wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, sadly, kinda, that's actually so it's kinda like kinda what happens. how it is, but like, I didn't realize that you could like be an open micer and like figure out standup and then get work. And then, you know, oh, I'm going to move to LA and then, you know, have a career. I didn't realize that was what it was. I thought it was just like, performers and then they would get you know comedy would be like oh come i didn't really understand the full scope of it and so when i the first comedian i ever saw in jacksonville was herman nasworth and herman was doing i don't know how it happened but he was doing a variety show uh in the old underbelly i can't even say the old underbelly because the new underbelly is closed right (laughs) yeah so it's like okay there was this old place called underbelly that then became a big venue but before that it was a clothing store and in the back of the clothing store, they used to have shows and, and five points. It was right. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a gourmet dog place or something now, yeah, but it's I like right it on is. that strip in, in, in mm-hmm. five points. And uh, they would have bands back there. And there was a, a record label called uh, infinitesimal. That was like a local record label. And they would put on a variety show. And at one of these, and my friend's bands would play there. And, and I, and I you know, I had gone to it before and this particular one, uh, Herman was doing stand up and he he is the first comedian I'd ever seen that was That's like not I had seen Jim Gaffigan to, to stand up. Yeah, I had seen Jim Gaffigan. I had seen um 
Kyle Cease and Dimitri Martin at UNF. And I'd seen Jim Gaffigan at the Florida theater. So like I knew I'd seen Santa before live, but I had never seen it at the, at the, the open mic level or like the local level. Yeah. And I saw Herman and he, he bombed like really hard and he was like, <laughs> like really hard. And he, cause he was like open for, he was in between bands. Like it's going to go bad. Oh, but I've he, done that before. I've done stand up in between bands. It's so yeah. Cool. Sometimes it's either great or it's terrible. There's like no, like, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, and so he's bombing. And, and I, like, I didn't think he was bombing. Like in retrospect, he was bombing and like having a really <laughs> bad bomb like a bomb where you're like not accepting it the entire time bomb, which is like yeah. the worst kind. And, um, and I came up to him afterwards and I was like, man, cause I was the only comedian. I was like, if this guy leaves, I have no idea what yeah. he does. Who, it's gone. who where, yeah. where does he go during the week? What is his life like? What are you, how are you, how did this happen? Let me yeah. know how this happened. And so I went up to him and I was like over way over familiar. And I was like, man, that was amazing. Like, and he had just, you know, worst set of his life. And I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. How did you, who who are you what is this let me and he was like he literally said like dude get away from me like i i you gotta stop go away like wow. I, I like i thought he was gonna like hit me in the face and i was like no i need to know what like what do you do how do you do this is there is there another show have you done other shows and he told me about gingers which is yep. an old it was at the beach and it was yeah. a mic and it was and he was like he told me about gingers and i feel like maybe lynch's which was like another weekly show at the beach and and he told me that it was it was wednesdays i believe and i Both was like those bars survived covid oh i gingers will survive the apocalypse dude. that's like <laughs> that's gonna be like some fallout fallout three shit like yeah. it's gonna be open somehow they don't do and, shows uh, there anymore but they're still there those bars good, are still there good okay i'm happy to hear that um but anyway like so then from that from that day on i was at every single show i was aware of in jacksonville like it was like not I would get depression if I didn't get up, you know, I was like, Oh, it's been like, Oh, if I had to miss gingers for whatever reason, yeah. I would get like, I would be so sad and like, just like, Oh, I didn't do stand up this week. And then from there on, it was, it was that, but then we started, um, then I started a Jacksonville comedy collective, which was, was just, I just wanted to put up every comedian and it was a three hour long oh, show. So it was like every comedian, and I, I catered to every whim. So if like someone was like, I'm a feature jig, I do 30. I'd be like, good, you do 30. And it was like a three hour show with Jesus. like 15 comedians and a band. And it was like, Damn. so, but at the time it was like, cause there had never really been an independent show in Jacksonville. So it was like, it really kind of people rallied around it and it had like a following and people would come to it and it was good, except it just went on forever. So yeah. it was like, people would come in and come out you'd, you'd watch a comedian, you'd, leave for an hour come back and it's still happening and you know and every comedian was like you know this is too long or they get mad but that's how it started and then that's that was my that was who i was then was like very much unorthodox and wanting to do things the way i thought that they should be done which was more like from a music standpoint and from yeah. more like bands and 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 that's what it was and then when i when i left uh for Atlanta, I had started a number of shows by then. And then when I left, it was like, that's what Jacksonville was left with. And then it was Buck took over pretty much. And yeah, because Buck's really made it what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's that that scene that you were describing earlier about how it was just, you know, some older guys, a couple younger guys, and everyone just kind of went on their ways. It wasn't a real scene. 
Yeah, now, it's all now it's a real scene. Like, yeah, we've. Got, no, I feel that every yeah, time I'm home, I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like everybody goes out to eat together and stuff. Yeah, and we've like, got five or six shows um, yeah, a week that are that's open awesome. mics. Yeah, um, I, I think some of the comics are a little too welcoming of mm-hmm. some of the people. Like, yeah, yeah. You, well, it's like when you don't have this, when you don't have to wait to get on a mic. It's like it's going to be that way. You know, you're like, you're going to end up being friends with some weirdos. And that's just because the nature of the size of the scene, you know, like in New York, people can be extremely standoffish because spots are scarce. Whereas like another bigger, even in Atlanta, it's like, you can be welcoming, but also like not associate with somebody because there's enough people where it's like, you don't have to be friends with everybody. Ben Jackson was like, you kind of have to be friends with everybody. Well, and it's weird too, because I, when I had Steven Baker on, we talked about this because I never, I always looked at comedy because with what happened to me and everything moving forward, comedy is obviously I don't have kids. I'm not married. Comedy is my life, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can relate to to some extent, but yeah, it, it was weird because sometimes you get these guys that would come in and they would like get wasted and get on stage. And in my head, I'm like, you thought you were just going to riff for five minutes. Like you thought, oh, I'm the funny yeah. guy at the office. I'll get drunk and riff. Yeah. And Steven, Steven Baker was the one who pointed out. He's like, man, it's like karaoke. Like some people it's take it 100%. real seriously. Yeah. And some people don't give a shit. That's great. That's that's how I explain it a lot, yeah. a lot and, of times. And I had never thought of it that way because I would get mad sometimes at like Crespo. And I'd be like, why are you like being fr- like, fuck this guy. Like he just wasted all of our time. Like, fuck. Him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. it's not like that, man. Like, yeah, you gotta you calm need them. down. You need him. You need, you need like, you know, six comics to have a show. And it's like, if you only yeah. have 20 comics, you're not going to be able to round them up there all the time. Well, and you, you need a person who's going to bring the office to the show to watch that's them true. bomb in yeah. order for us to be, get some sort of exposure. Yeah. So. That's always been Jacksonville's problem. I feel like is there's never been a groundswell of college kids yeah. where it's like there because it's like jacksonville is kind of a college town it's so it's, you know sort of cities in the country yeah and 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 it's never i feel like the scene has never lended itself to that i feel like it's it always hasn't. people it's who really weird that you bring that it's up, people it that yeah it's people that like want to do it's people who that would do comedy regardless but like i feel like a lot of scenes make it easier for people to do comedy and so it's like you're always going to have the people you're going to always going to have but like you need to make it easier and i feel like chris buck's done the best job i've seen but like i don't know what because i've never been at you i've never like hung out at unf i don't really think there is i don't think you hang out at unf i think it's well, a commuter school it's, yeah exactly it's, a commuter it's not school, like uh so. it's it's like they have events but they're not it, i don't know yeah it doesn't feel like it just doesn't feel like a lot of other college towns where because yeah, like there's gainesville and tallahassee where like yeah the like they do con- is, yeah, yeah they're they students do, and they then they graduate yeah. yeah exactly and it's like the scenes are young and they're constantly young and there's like a pretty big turnover but there's all but they somehow things stay together when people leave and yeah yeah jackson never had stand up we don't a lot of the shows that we do and you're familiar with this because you guys started it but a lot of the shows that we have now are riverside five points mm-hmm. like we don't really yeah. do anything towards the beach really that much anymore it's all yeah. inland so that yeah. you're gonna get a lot of hipsters a lot of older people a lot of bar flies yeah. stuff like that which is great mm-hmm. but at the same time like there's an influx of college students every year and they yeah. all are towards the beach they're all towards that the coast yeah and we just don't but it's good because a lot of times they make for terrible audience members oh yeah 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 college yeah exactly that's very true 
they get wasted and want to be a part of the show. And it's like, no, man, like this is. Yeah. Some of the best clubs are in, are in college towns. Um, but they're, they have this like standing relationship with the, the student body. And it's interesting. Like comedy club on state in Madison oh, is yeah. like notoriously good. And then, um, the, uh, comedy attic in bloomington and bloomington is like a college college town like there's yeah. no there's no like reason you would be in bloomington unless you're in college like there are townies you know but like it's like athens georgia where it's like uh, you can yeah. live in athens it's a fine place to live but like more you know, chances are you're in college and, yeah. yeah exactly and uh and they have a really good scene you know in a really good club and i i don't i don't i don't know that's that's how they run it i guess but jackson was also never really had a club that was like r ran by the scene yeah you know never like had the club really conducive to the creative process that's yeah not, it's it's always a business yeah i mean it's always booking outside you know people yeah, outside like they're always so it's, yeah it's never had like a friendly relationship with a club owner and and i don't know it's well you i don't know, know if that's jacksonville got banned. yeah i got banned well i got banned for dumb reasons i got i should have got banned for a number of reasons but i got banned because i moved you know oh, really? the, the owner oh. the owner was like well he had this thing he had this idea that you do the you do the workshop you do the you take Did the you class do the you workshop? do the workshop i'm sorry we never got into yeah. that Did you? okay yeah so. yeah i was in it for a little while and um so you do the workshop and then and then after a few years of like surfdom he would recommend you to the folks at the comedy zone and they would they book you and know, you'd be a road feature that was like the idea there it's like you pay your dues here and then i'll move you to the the, the road yeah. And I was like immediately like, well, I'm not, I don't, I can't wait. I'm 20, you know, 21, 22. I'm not waiting for this guy to be like, you should go. So I was like doing shows all over doing all this stuff. And then, so when I decided, I was like, I don't need, I'm moving. I mean that he was like, tried to make an example of me. And he, and he was like, well, the man, he knew what he knew what he did. He's banned. And so it's like, I've never worked there since, but I've also never tried. Yeah. It's like, I don't really care. I don't, I don't, I don't have any interest. If I'm going Jacksonville, I'd rather do a show with my friends than, than like get, you know, 400 bucks to feature the comedy. Like, I don't really fucking care. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, that was, it was like, I should have been banned for so many other things that, that, <laughs> I, that I had done there. But it was, uh, I was very, I didn't have a lot of respect at the time for a lot of the people that were in the workshop. You know, I made some, friends that are, you know like life like i i love uh so many people there and but there was a lot of people that i was like that everyone was like oh that's that guy and i was like well no that guy fucking sucks and he needs to know it every day and i yeah. that was kind of my mentality that's awesome that, man because i that feel I was the same like, way when i'm on yeah. shows with some of the comedy zone people yeah i love a well, lot of them but then there's some of them where i'm like some of them are sweethearts and it's like it's me? like yeah even if even if you're even if your insight is never gonna be i'm gonna accept it as part of my comedy I respect you and I, I think you're a good person and I like I like you as a person. And then there were other dudes where it's like, I know you don't respect me and I know you have no idea what how way I feel about this. So I completely I had no respect for him, you know. And that was because I part of the youth, but also because of just it's just such disrespect from both parties, you know. So it's like I'm not gonna active I'm not gonna you know intake that. I'm going to it's going to come back at you. Yeah. And that was very much like the way I operated when I was you know, young awesome. and in Jacksonville.
was just, you know, being a dad. And I'd never done that before, too. It was like, because I'm not someone who, I'm, I hate uh, conflict. And I'm someone who's very, you know, quiet. And then this was the first time think anything ever mattered to me. And so it's like, when you were trying to redefine comedy for me at that time, I was like, dude, I'll fucking, fuck no, yourself. I'll fight yeah. you. Like, yeah. you're, you're an idiot. And, uh, and that was very much how I felt about it. And now in hindsight, it's like, I'm honestly like, I obviously would have handled things differently, but like, I'm pretty proud and like impressed that that's who I became because of that. That's awesome. And, and that, you know, I, yeah, I was a shithead for sure. Like I was a shithead, I, but I was 20, I was 21. You're fucking 40. Like yeah. you need to get, you need to understand that. Like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't, it's always going to happen. There's always going to be 21 year olds who think they know everything and think you're lame, you know? <laughs> and it's like, if you understood that and actually had like some self-awareness to think like, maybe I am a cheese dick because I'm an old man, then like you're cool. That's all, yeah. that's all it took. Then you're you self-aware. Know? Yeah. Then you're self-aware and you're good. And it's like, of course I don't rail against anyone who's older, just on a blanket. It's like, I don't know. So now when I see people who I know they're me, I'm like, I'll see people every once in a while. I'm like, you're me, you're me at 21. And I love them. I'm like, you're God bless you. Even if they're a dick to me, I'm like, good, good for you, dude. Good for you, dude. Good. I hope I'm happy. You're happy. And now I'm very much not, you know, not that guy. And I'm very polite and I've never, I'll, I won't say a bad word about anybody. You know, I I do like, I just like, I just like, like I said, we like stand up. you know? Yeah. So when you got to New York, did you, cause like we talked about earlier, that was like my dream. Did you, was it a culture shock? Was it, when it comes to comedy, was it like, oh, I'm going to move? To, like, what was your mindset? Like, yeah. I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to get discovered and everything's going to be right with the world. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess some aspect, some part of that. Because I'd been in Atlanta for a couple of years and I was, I was pretty, I was, I was really happy with where I was in Atlanta. I was like, you know, um, I would call myself like, I, at that time, I was like a local figure, you know, like I would be in the paper. I would, I would think people were aware of me just because of how often I would get up at Star Bar, which is like a really good show. And then I was, I was getting up everywhere. I was getting up so many times a week, so many times. And like some of these shows are good. And, you know, I, I would open for big people. And I just think I had a pretty solid groundswell of awareness and reputation. So, so when I moved, it wasn't, it, my thinking wasn't so much that, Oh, I'm going to be a big deal in New York. It was more that Atlanta had a really good way of being a way, a stepping stone to New York or LA, where a lot of comedians would live in Atlanta. And it was a great scene, really just amazing scene to come up in. And then they would move to LA and then you'd be like, Oh, that's cool. That's, that's cool. They're in LA. And they would like do things and be, you know, achieve some level of success or same with New York. And so I had been in Atlanta for enough time where I felt like, okay, it's probably time for me to do this because I need to give the opportunities I have now to someone else in Atlanta. So someone yeah. else can step up and they can be feel like this and they can feel these shoes. And it wasn't so much that I felt like I was going to be in a, a New York and, uh, and keep my clout, you know, like take the credits with me and uh, uh, now I'm in New York. So you know, I'm pretty big deal. Like I wasn't, I hadn't didn't have that level of thinking. It was more like, okay, I did it in Atlanta. I'll take what I can transfer from Atlanta to New York 
and and we'll see how it goes in New York. And it was great. I loved I loved my time in New York, but it more show shapes you in a way where you figure out you figure out like what you what you really want and what you really like because things come real real quick. Like yeah. if you do want to be a joke writer on a on a late night show, you got to do it. You got to do it even if you're not getting paid. You have to do packets. You have to do all these things, all these, you know, unfun things. That t- Not unfun. I say unfun. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But you have to do these things as like homework that might not even get you anything. You just, in New York, just te- tests you in a way where you go, okay, what do you really want? And it'll keep asking you, what do you really want until what you, until you actually say, okay, here's what I really want. Yeah. And then it, it, it's not going to, if you actually are honest with yourself, it'll give it to you. But if you're not, it's not like you go, oh, I want to be, I want to be a TV writer. It's like, okay, put the work in. Yeah. You, you can, you can be it. Yeah. You can do it. It's just, it takes a lot. It takes a long time and it takes a lot of work. And, and I was like up there and I was like, I want to be a TV writer. I want to do this. And then it just became so clear. Like I did not want to <laughs> I did not want to be a TV writer. I, I did not want to write. Yeah. I did not want to write, you know, come into an office, write topical jokes and all this stuff. And then, so it was like, okay, well, I want to be a stand-up. And it's like, you can do stand-up in New York. You can definitely be a, a stand-up in New York and you can definitely get famous by doing it. But it just takes a long time, depending on how good you are. Like, if you're amazing, you're amazing. Go up there. You're great. If you're great, you're great. And everyone's going to go, this guy's great. But if you're like, you know, me, like I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. If you see a show and I'm on it, you're going to be like, that guy's good. He's fine. But yeah. I'm not going to like, I'm not, you don't want my face on a shirt. You don't want fucking <laughs> me. And so it's like, it's going to just take longer. It's going to take where someone might take two years. It might take five years. And if you're fucking garbage, it might take 25 years. Those yeah. people exist in New York. There's people who are like bad, but they've made quite a nice little career for themselves because they put the time in and it's like you don't want to take that away from them because they've paid their dues you know yeah and so it's like that and and you know i came to the point where i'm happy i was in new york i met my wife in new york i lived i met all my friends in new york i love i love my time there but it just became clear that like even not with covid it's like i don't want to make like when i was making sacrifices on of my own like my personal life it's whatever to live in new york but like now that i have a family it's like i don't want to i don't want to live that new york life with a family it's well, different it's, it's it's interesting you say that because i've had people on here before um comics like we had dan venti on from uh san diego he lived out there for nine years like grinding you know doing comedy and stuff and then it got to the point where he just kind of was like i I love my girlfriend. Like I, I just want to like yeah. live like a happy life. Like this isn't, right. like this isn't fun anymore. It's not, it's not. Yeah, it gets to a point where where, um, it just becomes it becomes like, comedy always feels like high school, you know, and to a some degree with the with the way that you people interact and just the the, the going the going to school. The, yeah. You know, you go to a show. All, oh, who's there? These people are there. It does. It does feel communal in a way and there's a certain point in new york it's like because new york is, is, is has kind of a constant turnover of young people coming in from different scenes so it's like it's always a little younger than you after a certain point yeah and we're at and, that point jake 
Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I don't really fucking want to hang out with 22 year olds, you know, at a bar. And, 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 especially because in my head, and I'd talk be like, to these them. fuckers were smart enough to come here when they were 22. I waited That's until the I was move, 33. Man. The move is either go and you're like an 18 year old millionaire for some reason, because it's also super expensive. Yeah. And either that or move when you're like, just have so much clout that you're undeniable, you know, and a lot of comedians move from Chicago. Chicago is the best. Chicago is the best scene. That's not New York or LA. And when comedians move from Chicago, one, they're very good. And two, they have an enormous amount of context. So there's like this animosity from people who aren't from Chicago in New York. Cause it's like, no, the Chicago comedians here, they're going to get all the spots. And it's like, they probably are. And yeah, it's because they're good yeah. and they know everyone. You're an asshole and we've seen <laughs> you be bad for a while. And yeah. it's like, you might be fine, but we remember when you were terrible. Yeah. And so it's like, if you start in New York, you have that stigma of like, yeah, we remember when you were awful and, 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 and you, it's going to take a long time for me to forget that and be like, oh, you have good. I like you. You know, and so there's like always these, these things that you never know how someone feels about you. And this guy might be like, oh, I, oh that guy's amazing. And this person might be like, oh, no, he's an idiot. He's a dick. And so it's just so much things happening in New York. Well, not um, only that, but comedy itself is so subjective. It's so subjective. And New York has like 45 different scenes within itself as a scene. It's like. There's the clubs in Manhattan. There's the clubs in Upper Manhattan. There's the Queens. There's like the Astoria comedians. There's oh, the Brooklyn like comedians. The community. There's gay community. There is a gay comedy scene in New York. Oh yeah, the Queens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably a gay scene in Queens that's just <laughs> Queens gay comedians. I'm not. That's, I'm totally serious. That's yeah. more than likely the case. And it's just like so you you have like standing with some places where it's like. Oh yeah, I like I like those guys that uh they all live in like South Brooklyn. I like I like going down there. And then it's like, oh, I like going to Astoria. And it's like, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta hang out more in this. And it's just so many things that like it's so active that you're like, I can't keep track of all this and I want it to just be simple. But then once you're like, well, I'm just gonna take it easy, then it's like you're gonna get passed up for the things yeah. that you you want because there's going to be people hustling their brains out and that's always going to be the case because this is the influx and that's just what it felt like to me and i was like i just really want to be comfortable and i just like doing stand-up and i'm fine being a middle act i'm not trying to get you know like if i get famous i want it to be for something i don't mind doing you know it's like i would love to have i'd love to have a podcast but like i don't really i don't really care about anything i don't really want to to do that and so it's like but then also i don't have this grand delusion where i'm like but i still deserve it you know it's like yeah. i know i know i'm taking it easy i know there's people working harder for me and that's good i hope they get it i don't want once you like have that we're like it's okay that that person got it because they worked harder than me and they're probably better than comedy than me and that's like where i'm at now i've made peace with it but I still like doing stand up. You know, that's like, awesome that you've you've made peace. Like, like it sounds made, so it sounds so beta, and it sounds like such a loser thing to say. But, but it like so it really is. Like, I don't when care. you've done what we've like, you more yeah. so than me. But like doing these shitty bar shows and like going to yeah. mics and getting heckled for nobody, like for, for no, no yeah, yeah. And there's putting yourself there, through that, and then just yeah. to be like 
to get to a point like Dan talked about on his episode, like you're talking about now, to get to a point where it's like, no, I'm I'm good where I'm at. Like I love doing stand up. Yeah, I'll keep doing stand up, but I'm good right here. I don't want the responsibility of being a headliner and having to put out uh, different content and having to be somebody that's public. You know, like I I see the people in my friend group that have become figures and they've become like, oh, you're like they're professionals. They make they this is their job. This is their career. And I it's as much as I like looked at that, you know, and been like, that's what I want. Now I just see like what it actually takes and it's like i'm okay with what i have you know yeah. like if it ends up happening i'm happy for it but you know i'm not i'm not gonna like make sacrifices to try and get something that i'm not even sure i want yeah it was especially you, know? you have you know you're married now with the baby so it's definitely a little yeah. different than like with yeah my, i don't want with my situation it was weird because the like starting the podcast and like pursuing comedy it was weird because like when I first started, I had a lot of jokes that I wouldn't even touch anymore. Back in 2009, like mm. when I had just stopped playing football. Oh, me too. But when, me I had too. just stopped playing football, so it was all like this broy frat guy humor, yeah. like super – some of it was super like shock jock kind of shit, and I would never yeah. do any of that now. But it's weird because like we were talking about earlier, as I've grown in comedy and now that I feel like I'm saying something with my – because stand-up got me through a lot of shit when I was younger – Mm-hmm. I mean, still does. And to be able to share stories about stuff that has happened to me, like terrible yeah. things, like friends overdosing and like go, almost dying and all that. But to try and put a funny twist on it. Yeah. To me, that's 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 the whole reason is it's very much like, oh, I I want to keep doing this because I want people to know that like everything's going to be all right. But like you're yeah. saying, like if you get to a point, like if I were to get to a point where I got married and had kids and stuff, eventually you have to be like, all right, man, like now you have to make a decision like yeah what are you gonna do and there are comedians i know that you know have kids and make it work and all this stuff but it's like i don't know i don't want to chance it i don't want to i don't want to risk it and it's like that's like just where i'm at right now and you know well speaking of go ahead Uh, i was gonna say speaking of being in new york um living in new york when we first were talking about uh you doing the show you're like well i don't have a lot of like drinking stuff oh yeah stuff. and i was like no that's fine because i knew a couple stories about <laughs> that you've done yeah just because i don't drink doesn't doesn't make i it doesn't mean i don't make bad decisions i still make Absolutely. bad decisions which is awesome you um are a huge basketball fan for those people yeah. who don't know you are big 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 time which is hilarious because you're a smaller guy with red hair and it's very funny. Um, I'm kind of tall though. Let's not let's yeah, not come true. I'm, and I I can I play basketball. I'm not well, like I always say I'm not a straight. I'm not a little guy. When I say smaller, it's in comparison to how yeah. wide I am. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're actually very good at basketball. I see a lot of the stuff you post. Um, what was that clip you had about when you bricked it on the? That was on live television. Oh it? yeah, dude, that was a wild. Um, uh, that was a couple of years ago. Now I was on tour with my my friend Joel Wachowski, and we had tied it because we play basketball um, together every Sunday. We have a game for com- comedians and entertainers and people in New York, and it's a great great game. Um, and we decided we were going to go, you know, do the road um, yeah. and just hit all hit all my old haunts before i had moved to new york because it's hard to get out of new york uh, it's expensive to leave it's expensive to be there 
but then it's more expensive to leave because you're not there making money. You know, yeah. you're, you're, so I was like, well, we'll do a month on the road. And we were in, um, we were in, uh, Louisville. Yeah. We were in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And our friend, my friend, Renan Hirschberg is another great comedian. Fantastic. Yeah. Comedian. He is from Louisville and he has uh, local news contacts. So we got, <laughs> we got on the local news to promote our show that night. And they had had, oh, dude, I wish I knew the dude's name. He, they had an old, an old, um, old Louisville basketball, um, like a l- beloved guy who led him to the tournament one year. Yeah. And he was the first guest. He was like promoting a basketball instructional videos. And then they were going to like surprise us. And because we were the second guest and they were going to have us play him. And he, oh, wow. he's, he's like old, but like he would still wreck us. Like yeah. he would, it would have, yeah. it would have been, but he's smart enough to know, no, I'm not doing that. So he does his, he does his segment and then he leaves. Huh. And they were still having to interview us and they didn't have anything. So what they did, they had had a local group of uh, high school kids that were like on a field trip to like see how the news works. And so they're like, hey, uh, so these comedians, they're on tour or something. And, uh, they're, they play basketball for some reason. And uh, here, anyway, play some high school kids. And it's like live TV at like, yeah. you know, TV. It was like six in the morning or seven in the morning. And they're like, all right. And it's like super cold. And they're just like, all right, play and these high school kids. It's crazy too because it's like, oh, they, they're, they're, it's not like a traveling circus. Like we like no. to play basketball, but they're, yeah, like, we just, they're comedians that play basketball. Yeah. Check it out. We're like the Harlem Globetrotters or yeah. some shit. And it's like, no, it's just like we just like loosely play basketball. It's just like in our bio. And, uh, and yeah, so they would play these like, you know raring to go high school kids and uh and yeah i mean i shoot i shoot a shot that was like pretty deep and we're in a garage so it hits a garage door opener like at its full arc <laughs> like on live it TV. looked like it was tracking it was going in it was going in to this day i'm like that's going in yeah. it was definitely going in i mean it's like that's my thing you know and it's like i had high I, then i shot extremely high arc parking shots and yeah it hit a crust door <laughs> and then all my friends you know when the, when the clip got out my friend uh chris daniels uh another fantastic comedian he like cut the clip and like made just took the clip that's uh, yeah got that's it off I the saw. site yeah and yeah it's like so funny so <laughs> funny to watch so you are a huge basketball you're a nets fan though as everybody knows yeah i became a nets fan we were, my wife and i were we you know we lived in brooklyn we met in brooklyn and we used to go a lot of dates on uh the nets because they used to be <laughs> some of you don't remember they used to not have kevin durant kyrie yeah. irving and james harden they used to be pretty bad and we could go and get tickets for like you know two like like 12 bucks stuff oh, wow. like that really yeah they were super cheap super cheap for a little while and and then they got you know as they got uh you know more they got kind of expensive and then when they actually got katie and Kyrie, then it was like okay i can't i can't afford this i can't afford any of this so a couple hundred bucks they went from being like in like 2016 they were probably if they were playing a team that wasn't a highlight team they were you could probably get single digit tickets and then now a oh, couple hundred playing bucks. like charlotte or something you if they're playing that. charlotte you could probably go for like six bucks Damn. nine bucks yeah it was so and it's, it's a great stadium and it's fun like and the, the concessions are super expensive but like you got your ticket you know you're whatever you got your ticket on StubHub, and it's like so cheap so we would go all the time and then um yeah we would we would we would go all the time and we still watch them but like 
my wife's out now because she doesn't recognize anybody because it's like yeah. the only person it's like joe harris and spencer dinwiddie are the joe only people harris. she recommends yeah or re- recognizes everyone else is like i'm like oh that's blake griffin and she's like what the fuck yeah God, she said we, it's like she said it's like the avengers and it's like she's not wrong it is yeah, like true. all these people that we've played over the years they're now all nets and it's yeah. like well okay because i mean that's a good point she, she makes yeah. a good point it's weird we were talking she's about not wrong on the sports podcast that i do but it was it was funny the when they got Blake Griffin. It's like some people were like, "It's over, punch their ticket." It's like, have you seen he's, Blake Griffin? He's, he's fine. Yeah, yeah he's he's not, he's not even he's fine. fine. I feel like Jeff. I feel like Jeff Green will start over. That's Blake exactly what we were saying. I was like, he's yeah. not better than Jeff. Blake Griffin yeah. today is not better than Jeff Green today. Nah, Jeff Green's banged up, but I feel like Jeff, Jeff Green can get it. He can get after it. And but, Blake Griffin, he's a little washed up, but. He's a still, little, yeah, yeah. We I actually surgeries. met. I actually met Blake Griffin in New York doing stand-up. stand up. Stand up. I watched him do stand up, and yeah. he was he was pretty good. Was he really? He was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. I was, I you know, obviously, I'd be the first person to be like, it was whatever. Yeah, but he was pretty good. His bits were good. Stage and, presence, and he was in abundance. Okay, he doesn't. He's not that He's not that charismatic. You yeah. know, but stage presence off the charts. And then his bit, like his self-awareness of like what you'd actually want a basketball player to talk about. It was like, oh, dude, yes. It oh, wasn't like, so, it's very, so I'm like, seven candid. foot tall and I'm yeah. real big. and I'll do, do. It was like, he told this story about, he's like, people think basketball players are smart. He's like, he tells them a story about someone ate seven hot dogs before a game because they thought the game was later. And it's like, <laughs> yes, that's what you want. You want the shit that no one can like talk about except for you. Yeah. And that's it. Cause it's like, you know, that shit happens, but he would never say that because it's like, you don't want to say that. That's going to get the media involved, you know? So it's like that type of shit was so funny. This is going to get clipped and it's going to go all over ESPN. They're going to be like, Blake Griffin <laughs> talk shit yeah. about. Yeah. Cause he, he, I mean, he didn't say a name or anything, but like, yeah, he, if he does release a, a half hour, I'll watch it. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. If he releases an hour, know, I won't yeah. watch it, but if it's a half hour, <laughs> I'll watch it. You were, yeah, he was nice dude. You're not a fan of the Knicks, though the New York Knickerbockers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Maybe uh, not I really. Got, a, I sh- I don't know if I, I was. Say. I was a Knicks fan growing up. My dad. My dad uh, is a like a loose fan of Georgetown University. So when they okay, got Patrick Ewing, Ewing yeah. we were like casual Knicks fans during that era. And uh, the story. Yeah, I'm. Do you want to tell it? Yeah, yeah. Should I say what happened and then and then say, yeah, uh, yeah. So I went, I actually got a free ticket to go to a Knicks game. I had never been to a Knicks game <laughs> in my entire time in New York. because I didn't know the, the Knicks, ticket was free. The ticket was free. It was a gift. So so what happened was my buddy, <laughs> my buddy James knew someone who worked for the owner of the Bucks. So it's like she would get the tickets, give them to James. James couldn't go. So he was like, but you know who would, I bet someone would want this. I'm going to get some. And he, you know, he got me. I had never been to a Knicks game because the Knicks, even when, even though the Knicks were, you know, as bad as the Nets, Knicks tickets like never, never, never dropped below 50 bucks. Even when they were terrible, oh, wow. going to MSG was always like, I can't, I can't spend $50 a ticket. That's just too much. And uh, I never went. I always wanted to go. Um, and, and then when James was like, hey, do you want to go? Uh, do you want to go to this game? Uh, it's one ticket, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll go one. I'll go by myself. I don't care. I'll just want to watch yeah. the game." It was Bucks, Knicks, you know, because the the owner had the tickets, and you know, yeah. so it was Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, in town. Giannis going off at MSG. I was like, "Yeah, I'll go to that." And I go, 
Um, you know, and, and we're sitting pretty decent seats, not like, you know, whatever seats they were, they were nice. MSG is, is incredible. It's, it's like, it really is like the best basketball stadium I've ever seen. And I think it is like the Mecca, but before I had gone, um, cause I had in the past, you know, made jokes about, about James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks. And, you know, cause he's, he, when he got into it with Charles Oakley, that was like when it turned for a lot of people, James yeah. Dolan, the owner of Knicks was gotten into a fight with a former Nick, a beloved, uh, Nick. A a beloved belo- yeah, exactly. Nick. A beloved former Nick, Charles Oakley. And it just became clear that like James Dolan is, is, is like a rich kid's son and yeah. like, doesn't like, it's just, just the whatever. And it's almost not to cut you off, but it's almost like we were talking about earlier with the Jacksonville comedy zone. Like he's obviously in it to make a profit. He doesn't really not, care about basketball at all. Well, it's also like, he'd be fine. It's like, I'm aware all of these teams are owned by billionaires. You know, it's not, I'm not like, it needs to be, <laughs> it needs to be people of color. owning these. Like I'm, I understand they're all problematic billionaires that own the teams. But James Dolan has a way of like, he's trying to, he's like in a band and like the band plays stuff. It's like, you can have your interests, but you don't get to be a public figure. And yeah. like you, so the public uh, opinion of him was very low. So like, like a lot of people, <laughs> I made jokes about James Dolan and I had previously in the past, I was like, uh, I had said something like, Hey, everybody like, uh, for me, my birthday, Venmo me and I'll, uh, I'll buy the Knicks or something, you know, something like that. Something about buying the Knicks and, and then when I finally went to my first Knicks game, I had tweeted, I was like, uh, I said, I said, go to my first Knicks game. Uh, I'm going to fist fight James Dolan until he sells me the team or something, something like that. Yeah, and throw away kind of something, something about how I'm going to a Knicks game. I'm going to fight James Dolan. And it's like, you know, like who the fuck cares? If you go to a Jags game, you're like, oh, I'm going to a Jags game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip Sean Khan's mustache on his dumb face. Like you're going to, you're fine. It's a stupid thing to say. Because we're friends of this program. We don't support that whatsoever. Yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I go (laughs) to the game and I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there by myself and um, they're doing a T-shirt toss, which at MSG, (laughs) the T-shirt toss of the Nets are so janky before because it's literally just throwing them at the fucking Knicks game. It's like they have like instead of eight people on the court throwing them, it's like an entire like team of people dropping t-shirts from the rafters, like things from uh, on little parachutes, all this shit. Oh, they and don't have the cannon. They don't do the. No, they had a cannon. Thing? Boy, they had multiple cannons. It was yeah, like D-Day. They? they were just like, yeah, on the court. <laughs> it was. They had so many cannons. But anyway, I catch a shirt, you know, because I'm pretty good at catching a shirt. I'm pretty tall, and I I, I mossed the guy, and I took yeah. it down, and I caught a shirt, right? And and I'm sitting there. And I, it's maybe the second quarter. I feel like it was maybe the beginning of the second quarter. So in quarter. your head, nothing, there's nothing out of the ordinary. You're just having no, a good time. No, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And, Meanwhile, and, and, behind the scenes. Yeah, so I catch a shirt, right? I catch a shirt. And I got this blue Nick shirt, you know, and I'm sitting there. And then uh, I, I, uh, someone from, like, guest services is coming up. And I didn't think anything of it. And then they stopped at me. And I had the T-shirt. And I'm thinking, like, oh, sick. I think I like, I think it's like one of those situations where if you catch the shirt, you might win something else. Okay. Like I thought, I thought I had won. I thought I had like one. Oh, Let me you get won into this? this so contest. now you're going to get, yeah. yeah, now you're going to go get the shoot. And I, and I looked at the guy and I thought, you know what? This guy does not seem like Bear he's from news. fan services. Yeah. And he's like, he looks like kind of Russian and he looks like he's just like all business. And he's like, can you come with me? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he took me down. 
and we went to to Nick's yeah, I jail. can go. Are we going? To, are we doing a three point yeah. contest? What's happening? Well, yeah, and he takes me down, and I realized pretty. I'm like pretty quickly as we were walking, like no, I'm definitely going to Nick's jail. Like this isn't. <laughs> I didn't win something for. If you haven't caught, it, I got kicked out of MSG. I'm banned from MSG, and he takes me down to Nick's jail, and he goes, uh, "They're like trying to." They go, um, "Just so we know, uh, you." We take every threat against any employee very seriously. <laughs> and I said, I said, wait, you guys think you guys consider Dolan an employee? And they like weren't, you know, they were yeah. no, they're not going to like, they're not going to laugh at anything you say. They're very much like whatever. And they said, um, did they ask you who you were? How did, did they yeah, just, they, uh, they said, uh, they said, can we have your ticket? And it doesn't have my name on it, you know, because yeah. it was free. And they go, um, they were like, kind of like, huh, like realizing like, oh, this is, this is weird. And, um, and then they they uh, they were like, can we have your or can we take a picture of you? And I said, I said, I said, can, yeah, but can I take a picture with y'all, too? Like I was trying to get like I was trying to, like you know, film yeah. it so I could be like, look, I got kicked out of MSG. Look at this. You know, because a lot of people had been kicked out of MSG uh, at that time. You know, it was like when people were saying fire Dolan, they would like find the people who started the chance and they'd kick them out. and yeah. The news would cover it. And I was like, well, cool. I want to be like that. I want to get that. And yeah, they were just like uh, they took my ticket. And they just led me out to 34th Street and they were just like, yeah, here you go. They took my picture and I'm probably up on a wall in Nick's jail. And uh, yeah, it was like not not really. I just really thought it was so it was such a range of emotions because it was like. Oh, I think I won something. Then it's like, no, you're kicked out. And one of the most one of the most the richest men in New York City once he's dead i was like kind of worried for a minute. because you, you, yeah. you said you wanted to fight you could take james dolan in a fight. i think for the record i think james dolan would beat my ass just really? for the record for the record oh, he's, okay. a, he's a billionaire he eats nothing but like swordfish and fucking i see what you're doing there yeah but uranium like mike, he, he eats his diet alone is like he's a great gotta mike tyson be better says everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth yeah yeah no i i don't i don't you know. got I mean, the I length on him you could anyway <laughs> I don't want us to get banned from it. Who knows? I'm planning yeah, on I moving know. to New York. Yeah, you definitely go to the Knicks. Great organization. They might make the playoffs <laughs> this year. They actually will. Um, you uh, now that was kind of a low light when it came to being at a sporting event. You actually had a super big highlight when you came back to Jacksonville a few years. Was it a few? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a few years ago now. Yeah, um, that would have been twenty. 16 17 yeah i don't remember yeah so this is before your album was released and everything you got to throw out the first pitch at our minor league jumbo shrimp game the jacksonville jumbo shrimp yeah yeah that was great how did you manage to do that a lot of people i mean i i have i have a bit about this uh i think it's on my album maybe it's not on my album but i have a bit about this i just say like a lot of people ask me you know how do you throw out a first pitch and the answer to that is i just asked yeah (laughs) i just asked somebody i i sent an email to a person i was like hey i'm you know, local comedian. I live in New York. I've done this and this and then whatever. And and he was like, "Yeah, of course, can throw it out." And you do uh, your credits around? Well, yeah. I mean, I just said I was local comedian more more than more than uh, you know, more than my credit. My credits for yeah. whatever. You know, it's like nobody nobody knows what Fox's laughs is. You know, yeah, so everybody watches. Uh, what is it? Deuces and Marrow. That was before that. I, I oh yeah, that. I hadn't yeah. been on that before. Uh, that was before that. I was just Fox's laughs, and I pretty much, you know, it's more that I was a local comedian because I don't think they, I don't think they, you know, they don't do a ton. It's not like, but then again, I've never done it since, so maybe yeah. it was. <laughs> maybe That's super it was. awesome. Were you but nervous? Yeah, they, 
Um, yeah, I was there. I mean, it's it's it really you really don't get an idea of how big those stadiums are until you're you're out there, and you know even. Even the Jacksonville, it's, it's pretty big. Big, yeah. People and, don't and, realize it. When well, they brought me up, but they didn't give me any any credits or context. This is also in the bit I said, but I, I they they go and now throwing out the first pitch, Jake Head. It's like just a guy, you know, like no <laughs> no local comedian, no nothing. And then I say, I say, I, and I was like, I looked around, and I think people thought I was sick. I think people thought like, oh, this guy's <laughs> this guy is a, a sick guy. You know, we should probably clap, you know, and that's like what it felt like. And, uh, but yeah, then I, you know, I had been practicing with my brother, you know, I play wiffle ball, you know, so it's like, I'm, I know how to throw a ball. I'm yeah. pretty good at throwing a baseball. Um, but yeah, then I was, so, I mean, it was, it was, it was great. It was so, so much fun. So goofy, but yeah, that's so awesome. much fun to go from highs of getting kicked out of stadium or lows of getting kicked out of stadiums to highs yeah. of throwing out first pitches. Yeah. You're I'm, all over the map. Yeah. I'm banned from MSG. But I'm yeah, welcomed in double A. Oh, triple yeah. A. The triple A now. Triple A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about that? You yeah. have the you did tell me about another story. Um, because we were talking about getting in trouble, and you're like, Well, I've never really had the, the cops called on me, except for oh, one yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, my one time because I grew up in Middleburg, Florida. And uh it's a very country area for those of you listening. Yeah, it's know. pretty rural. It's like a little it's like a swamp town. Um yeah. But it's like it's like everyone's a farmer, and it's like, what do you grow? And they're like, what? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like, it's like, no, you're not. Why you dress like that? <laughs> it's like, uh, but uh, yeah, the only time I, I feel like I did this as a bit when I started or something. I don't remember. Maybe it was like a story. But anyway, when I was like nine, I got the cops because there was like a a, a neighbor that was a just a kind of an asshole and my brother and i we were we were throwing rocks at squirrels which hold on (laughs) i mean i'm not a sociopath our idea was because we've been playing a lot of pokemon we were going to stun them with the rock (laughs) and then catch them and then teach them to fight that was our plan man you got us but but to stun we (laughs) You know when you get a rock thrown at you, you're stunned momentarily. That's like what we thought was going to happen. And then we were going to catch them and then treat them to fight. And I guess, you know what? I said the neighbor was an asshole. This is a pretty reasonable thing to do. Now that I'm thinking about it, I would definitely call the cops. You know what? I'm the villain of the story. You ever do that? You ever realize you're the villain? I'm the villain. And yeah, so we were throwing rocks at squirrels and this neighbor called. And um, yeah, the neighbor story doesn't really go anywhere the neighbor the neighbor you were nine said, and the cops showed up what do you mean well the, yeah i mean the neighbor said that we had hit her house with the oh, rocks okay. and and i didn't think that was the case so when the cop came he was like so did you hit did you hit this house and i was like no we didn't hit this house so i was like tiny john mulaney uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and and my brother had said we did so i think what had happened was my brother had hit the house and i didn't realize that but then my dad thought I was lying to a cop. He's oh, like, because the cop had said, we were, he goes, well, we found rocks near the house. And I was like, what? Like, it was like a legitimate surprise for me. And then I got grounded, not because I was throwing rocks, but because I lied to, lied the, cop. to the cop. But I actually didn't lie to the cop because I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I, so that was the whole thing. But yeah. Do you remember being scared when the cop showed up or did you? Terrified. Know? I thought yeah. I was going to jail. I thought I was going to prison. You know, it's like, you don't, 
<laughs> it's like you don't you don't understand what that is as a child you know yeah. like i i i they're like the cop a cop has to, you gotta come talk to this cop and it's like what, what do you mean? and uh yeah so we you know that was whatever but Damn. well that's that's a fun story that's that well not well, <laughs> yeah. not at the time but it's funny. yeah i wish uh, yeah it's funny i never really thought that i always i still to this day was like that neighbor was an asshole but you know what now that no. you think see, look at that yeah you know what that's fine here on extra drinking buddy yeah uh-huh. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, Jake. Plug everything one more time, your album, everything that you yeah, got going yeah. on. Thanks for having me, man. This is a real pleasure. I got to go make sure my son is, uh, my <laughs> wife's been watching him. Actually, <laughs> I, think he, awesome. I think he's asleep. I don't know. But uh, check out Wildcat if you guys, if you love stand-up comedy, uh, I do it. And I have an album. And it's it. out there. Um, Jake it's on every social media. Yeah, yeah. Jake Marshall Head on Instagram. Jake Head underscore on Twitter. Okay. Jake, yeah, at Jake Head. I've tried to buy it a couple times. It's some Christian guy, and he doesn't answer DMs. Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> he hasn't that, tweeted since the, like. That's the real villain. Yeah, the real villain. At Jake Head. Everybody tweeted him. But yeah, go check out the <laughs> album Mildcat. I, I have it. I've listened to it a few times. I really like it. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, of course, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Thanks again for doing the show. Uh, yeah, man. Good luck you. when you finally get to New York. Yeah, right. When all this is over. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, follow me on all social media at Brennan T. Comedy. Um, Check out the website, brennantcomedy.com, for upcoming dates. And we'll talk to you all next week. Woo!